Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Wonderful, wonderful people out there. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. Alongside me is the one and only A.J. Hayfley. A.J., are you prepping for this insane storm I found out about like three hours ago? Uh, Yeah. Thanks to you, actually. <laughs> oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, um, yeah. yeah, I uh, Amazon primed now a bunch of groceries to my house, bro. Um, legit, right? They showed up about an hour ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, I'm, I'm good to go, man. I've I've been using it. Uh, I think it's the fourth time I've used the service. It's great, right? Uh, yeah, it's really convenient. I can pick whatever uh, like two hour time window I need. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of fits my schedule, and uh, you know, it's it's free and yeah, yeah. It's a service you might as well use it. You get access to. It. You might as well use it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, great. man. Uh, today they were like, "Oh, we're gonna charge you five dollars unless you order thirty five dollars worth of stuff," and I was like, "Oh." Well, that's $5 wasted. Why don't I just spend that $5 on extra stuff that I can just put away for later? Right. And then, yeah. uh, you know, boom, 35 bucks. It's perfect, man. I love uh, it. Yeah. It's, uh... Well, and I ended up spending uh, I ended up spending like 50 just because I was like, man, we'll get this too. Yeah. And and see, it's great because you can either pick if you want the whole food stuff or if you want the just like the regular off-brand stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's a great service. So I'm glad... I'm glad you're uh, you're fully prepped up. I honestly, I didn't know we were supposed to be getting snow tomorrow, and they're literally saying this is going to be like a historic, like, haven't seen snow like this in decades. Yeah, I'm not going to practice. <laughs> yeah, well, it's honest, so uh, pr- almost every Denver metro area school is already closed for tomorrow. Yep. So there might not even be practice. I, I, I seriously, I didn't know it was supposed to be this insane, so... Uh, I'm glad you got your groceries delivered in time and, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you don't have to go anywhere tomorrow. Cause it's supposed yeah, to be nasty. I, uh, I'm recording podcasts all day tomorrow with Andre. 
uh, draft pod. Yeah, both of them. There we go. So we'll have a little bit of not necessarily draft content, but something that is uh, relevant to draft content here in the third segment. So there's that. There's a little teaser for tomorrow's show. What do you say, uh, Age? Should we jump into what happened last night? Sure. The Avalanche hosted the Carolina Hurricanes in one of our favorite clashes of uh, natural disasters. And uh, I don't want to say, I'll say it didn't go well for the Avs. How about that? Because I thought they played well. Uh, Final score is three to nothing when you tack on an empty netter and stellar play from Carolina goaltender Peter Morazic. That's a weird sentence. AJ, what did you think uh, last night? Three to nothing. Carolina beats the Avalanche. I mean, <clears throat> I thought I thought the Avs. I mean, I think Carolina's better. Um, and a, I, a better I, team, or they were yeah, better last night. But I'm both. Interesting. But I, I don't think the Avs uh, won. I don't think they are bad, and I don't think they were bad last night. I think that they just. I mean, of course, Andrei Svechnikov goes off when I see him live. Like, <laughs> of course, that happened. Right. Um, no, I I thought the Habs were really good last night. If I'm being completely honest, I like. I thought the they Habs were solid, man. I didn't like the second period. Uh, I thought they really lost control of the second period. I really liked the third. Mm-hmm. I thought they came out with a, a ton of push in the third period, a ton of everything that you want to see. Um, they could have easily tied that game up in the first five minutes of the third period with the way that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they didn't was more. It, it, that's a. It's a testament to Mrazek. Yeah. You and I talk about it all the time. You forget that there's another team out there and there's other guys making plays. And, and yeah, Peter Mrazek was uh, was stellar. I want to talk about Nathan McKinnon for a minute because the way his legs were moving last night, that version of of Nathan McKinnon is is in my opinion, right up there with Connor McDavid. I mean, it's when, when, when that kid is skating, it's, uh, it's honestly just fun to watch him skate through the neutral zone when he's playing the way he was for huge chunks last night. And I just thought it was a blast to watch. I just wanted to get, uh, get some thoughts on it from you. Um, <clears throat> I thought McKinnon was okay last night. Um, there were flashes of, dom- I mean, just dominance. Right. And there was, there was no doubt, like, looks, and I don't, I don't, when I say this, I mean, no slight on Sebastian Ajo. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't any doubt whatsoever who the most talented hockey player in the building was last night. Yeah. And it was clearly Svechnikov. Oh, I'm God. just kidding. <laughs> um, He's no, having I a mean, great I mean, year though. Real quick aside. I, I, I hadn't really followed him much this year. Uh, but he was playing so well last night. I, I you know, kind of dove into a little bit of what what he's been doing. He's had a great year. He's 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 been okay. Um, it's nice that he's getting just as a Svechnikov fan from afar. It's nice that he's actually playing with real line mates. Um, finally, mm-hmm. he to- he's toiled away on the uh, uh, in their bottom six for a long time this year. So, and he was a, he was a maniac last night. He was so good last night. <laughs> um, 
But no, I mean, McKinnon, McKinnon was just, I mean, he shows those flashes of downright dominance. Um, I thought Rantanen was probably Colorado's best forward overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but McKinnon just broke down Carolina's neutral zone and defense, which they're not accustomed to. Right. Uh, and the way that he just erased what they were trying to do uh, with him. Uh, it, it really just drives home what a special talent he is. Well, it's because uh, he he was there. I mean, the shifts where he was fully engaged and rocking and rolling. I mean they they weren't doing anything to stop him. It was it was McKinnon stopping McKinnon, right? You know, well, with the pulling up and uh, looking around and trying to get his teammates a little more involved. Uh, which I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blame a guy like Adrian sitting next to me in the press box yelling "shoot" at him, right? But you know, it's not always. It's I mean, throwing especially a goaltender that's that locked in, just throwing that wrist shot that he has on net and hoping that it gets tipped or what. I mean, it's not. It's there. There's there's not a great chance of that thing going in when he's 20 feet out. You know, mm-hmm. right? So. I didn't really mind what he was doing, but it's it's mostly a it's it's frustrating when he doesn't put up points in games like that because he is going and he's and he's engaged. And I thought honestly, I thought defensively he made more good defensive plays in last night's game than I'm accustomed to seeing from him in a week. <laughs> um and and that's and again, like that's not a, I don't mean that as a, a slight to say sucks defensively. I just thought that he made there were several plays last night that I was just like Man, like McKinnon is engaged. Yeah, and, and he's I, all over this game. He's not kidding around tonight, and he's not loafing it. You know, because they're he's he's done the superstar thing a little bit this year, where he gets a little he gets frustrated in games, mm-hmm. and instead of him turning it up, he gears it down. Uh, and when something doesn't go well on a shift, he gives up on the shift, and he kind of just lollygags his way to the bench. Mm-hmm. Um. And and you can tell it's a frustration thing, and it's one of those things like this isn't the NBA, dude. <laughs> like you don't you don't get a pass in the NHL for being a superstar, uh, and then getting frustrated and and taking a shift off or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't. The, it's not the NBA. And the NBA teams are you know people always give those guys free passes because they're like, you know. They're they're as much fanboys of the players as anything else. Right. You always get you always get those guys. You know, you get like LeBron has like ninety percent of the media in his back pocket, willing to do whatever you know, mm-hmm. whatever whatever he wants at any given moment. And like, you get a free guys get free passes in the NBA all the time uh, because they're stars and because they can only do so much. And that's that's not the way it works in our world. And McKinnon's gotten a little a little comfortable with that superstar ego at times this year, uh, but he didn't do it last night. Um, you know, he got back on defense. He did he did all those little things that that normally drive me crazy when he gets frustrated. He didn't let all that get to him. I'd like to see that become the norm in him, because if that happens and he starts to pick up a, a an impactful uh, defensive side of his game, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think engaged uh, is the perfect word to use to describe him. Last person I want to talk about before we jump to a quick break here. Uh, 
Derek Broussard has seen some reps next to Nathan McKinnon. He played well next to McKinnon and Ranton in the uh, against Buffalo. Had a nice screen on the on the excuse me on the Ranton goal. What have you thought of how he's fit in? Do you think Derek Broussard can be a little bit of a a buffer uh, here without Landy? Um, he's gonna have to play better. All right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, he the defensive effort hasn't been good enough for me. Um, he's done a lot of fishing pucks out of the net and blowing coverages. Um, I've been, I've been frustrated uh, with his lack of ability. I mean, his shot generation is really mm-hmm. good. Guy gets shots on multiple shots on goal, basically every night. And, and it's not kind of, it's not anything fluky either. Yeah. He's, he's, he's rocking and generating rolling. shots. Uh, I believe he's only got one game uh, in an Avs uniform in which he hasn't uh, generated a shot on goal, and that was a San Jose game. Mm. So I believe, um, but he's he's a dude that just he's he's smart, and you see him make a lot of smart plays, especially with the puck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's gotta it's gotta translate into production, otherwise it's you know otherwise he's Tyson Jost. Where you see there's a lot of encouraging process and you feel good about a lot of things going on. Uh, but if the puck's not ending up in the back of the net, it's just not worth. Yeah, totally. Let's uh, let's take our so, what? You want to talk about Grubauer too? Four great starts. We can, we can talk about uh, about Gru- Grubauer. Stealing, stealing Varley's job right in front of him, right at the end of the so, season. So is that what's happening? Right at the end. I, I think it is, man. Um, he's had four, he's had four fantastic starts. Barley's just been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I honestly, I, I tend to think that they'll probably play him against Anaheim on Friday. Wow. What a, what a quick change though. Right. You know, we turn the clocks back a week, two weeks, a week, two weeks. And it's man, Grubauer would be lucky to see, uh, you know, five starts between now and the end of the year. And now do yeah. we think that maybe this might be the guy if they're going to make a push? Well, Varley Varley was, you know, through February, Varley was doing what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, right at the end there, uh, the starting with, I think, the Florida game, it got very iffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's not to say that he's been at fault. Uh, it's not to say that he, you know, not putting all of it on him, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but you look at the games that they've played and you'd like to see him make one of the saves in the Florida game that cost them a point. Yep. You'd like to see him certainly make one of the saves in the San Jose game, especially the right. Meyer goal. Um, <clears throat> you'd like to see him make one of those saves in the Detroit game. The Dallas game, I don't. I'm not really going to put on him too much um, because he got no goal support, and it wouldn't have mattered if he right, made every right. save. But he still gave up a couple of goals in that Dallas game. Where you're just kind of like, love. yeah, where you you don't, you know, uh, he went from doing what he does to all of a sudden he's back down to at 900, mm-hmm. and that's not good enough. Like that's not good enough. He'd gotten his season average up to like nine twelve or so, and it was like, okay, this is continuing to trend in the right, right direction. It's been about six weeks of it. Like it's, 
it's really moving the direction that it needs to move. And then at the very end of the February, it started to it started to go south. And right as Grubauer was hitting that 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 groove, you know, the 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 Nashville game was the beginning of that for him. And he's off, you know, and it's it's the points are so important for Colorado that if a guy is out clearly playing another, you start mm-hmm. you start him. You just start him, man. You just do. Yeah. It's that simple. No, I agree. And and hey, you know what? It's a it's a cruel business and it's a what have you done for me lately business. And if Grubauer ends up, you know, sneaking the job at the very end of the season, he ends up he continues to play well. You know, one of these guys is under contract for two more years right. and the other one's not. No, it's it's definitely gonna be an interesting an interesting situation to watch play out because neither of them really kind of stepped up overall this season. Sounds like Varley wants to stick around, but like you said, Grubauer is already under contract. And if, if, if he does, if he can carry them on a run here, which we'll talk about the likeliness of that in the third segment, but if he can carry them on a run, Get them in. And let's say they don't even get out of the first round, but if he makes it competitive, that may be Varley's ticket out of town. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see play out. This is definitely going to be one of the most, outside of the Zadorov and the Rantanen contracts, which you'll be keeping an eye on, uh, Z more than Rantanen. Uh, this is definitely going to be one of the, the the most interesting thing that the Avs, have, the, the Avs front office has to handle this summer, uh, how, they, how they handle this goalie situation. It's it's easily one of like the three or four most important decisions yeah. they'll make this. Um, we're going to a break. Ten seconds or less. What do you think they do uh, with the goaltenders this summer? Uh, I we'll finish the season. We'll we'll figure we'll figure it out then. Uh, it's been no, such I a roller coaster ride that, that uh, the last twelve games have they're, they're going to matter too much for me to be like, oh, this is what should happen. I mean, honestly, I. I still think that they should just bring Varley back and run it back. It's the safest thing to do. We're going to talk a little bit about the name that we mentioned just a few minutes ago, Gabriel Landeskog. AJ and I haven't given you our take on what this means for the Avs uh, here down this playoff stretch. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. 
they've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. All right, guys, before we get into that second segment, you already know, you already know, and you should already be doing it. We've got to tell you guys about this game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. AJ Hayfley and Jesse Montano here talking abs canes. We were talking abs canes. Now we're talking number 92, Gabe Landeskog. AJ Landy goes down four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. And uh, that basically means he's done for the regular season. The abs have played two games without him. They're split one and one. We talked the other day about, wow, if they have to do this without Z, that's going to be a tough hurdle. Well, they get Z back and, and lose their captain. Uh, who's having a career year. Gabe Landeskog goes down. How uh, how much does this set this team back? Uh, he had established a new career high in goals, assists, and po- I'm sorry. He was one shy of his career. Oh, no. Goals and points. He's his career high this year. Uh, 33 goals, 69 points. Nice. How much are they going to miss him down the stretch? I mean, for a lot of reasons, you miss Landis Cog. Right. You know, it's it's the versatility. Uh, it's the way that he opened up your uh, your forward core. Just uh, just the way that the, the way that he changes and transforms uh, every line that he's a part of <clears throat> for the better. Right. Um, Let me ask you this: is is the Landy we saw this year? Is this the Landy we should expect? Maybe, maybe for another year or two. Yeah, this is like this is the end of his prime. Why? Well, well, I know, but I mean, this year, even more so than last year, he looked like such a different guy to me. Uh, the end of his prime. Yeah. He's twenty six. Yeah, I know. He's got about two to three years left until you start asking real questions about. Um, I wouldn't say this is the, I would say he's in the middle of his prime. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times we have to go through the, the aging curve thing. It's shown that about 26, 27 is really when guys, um, stop ascending and they start the descent. Um, so I think, I think there's a couple years of plateau in there too. Ultimately, I think, yeah, which is why I'm saying he's got, this is the end of his prime. He's got two to three years and then. The de- I, that's when I expect the decline to happen. I expect the end of this this current contract that he's on uh, that runs through 2021 
that I think will be a very interesting contract renegotiation. <laughs> um, you know what was the most sobering about everything you just said? I'm older than him. Yeah, well. Hmm. You're used to that, buddy. So, um, but, but so, so, okay. For in, in your situation for the next three years, because, because didn't he look just a bit different this year? He looked like he was in that elite status where he's not going to put up yeah. 90 points, but he was a factor almost every time he was on the ice. He was good this year. And I, mean, I wrote a I, whole thing about him, about how he was a difference maker and, like I, I dropped five thousand words on the guy about how he was the NHL's most underrated player. So I, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, I feel a certain way about him. I, I just feel like this is a guy who has been just dragged through the mud by this fan pa- fan base. But oh, terrible captain was given the responsibility too early. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And I, I thought this year in particular, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was really good. I thought. I thought he was great. I thought he carried himself the way that you see some of the top tier captains carry themselves. Um, and I, I, you know, I thought he was going to be able to get to 40. Uh, I think even had he stayed healthy, he probably would have come up a couple shy, which have, would have made me even more pissed that I would have been off by just a couple. Uh, 33 goals from him this year, though. You got to be happy about it. Yeah. The year Man. Wasn't the way I wanted to be right, but I told you he wouldn't get to forty. I know you, and that's you. did not want it to be like this, right? Um, I but don't. So how do you, go, ahead, I, go ahead. I I don't know that he repeats thirty goals again next year, mm-hmm. just because some of the goals. If you go back and you look at some of the ones that he scored, where he's just like diving for pucks and they're hitting the his stick at these crazy angles, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to recreate that. Like those are not from the vast majority of guys in the NHL, those are not repeatable. And this is where everybody he... talks about Joe Pavelski. <laughs> yeah. But like he can definitely repeat that. Uh, but I don't, I think moving forward, I think breaking that lineup showed um, a different, a different look to teams. And I think it was a good thing. Um, I think Landis Cog should probably be on a different line next year. And and not knowing what the team looks like, like it's who knows, right? Right, right. Because um, they're gonna they're they're probably gonna let what four of their forwards that they're playing every night right now walk. Mm-hmm. You know, between so, Broussard, Wilson, yeah. Andrew Ghetto, and Bork, those guys are probably all gone. Yeah, for a few games, I thought maybe you'd see. There was a chance you could see Broussard stick around. If he gets um, hot down the stretch, like you mm-hmm. know, if he if he drops eight points in the his final twelve games or something, like I could see them talking themselves into it. But <clears throat> so how do you? I, I'd be how really you, surprised, honestly. How do you do it then? So again, you take out the the physical production because when I asked you, I said, "What are you going to miss about this guy if you're the Abs?" And you said, "Well, there's so much. How do you make up for a guy like this, or do you just have to try to play around it?" Uh, I mean, you just deal with it. You can't. You can't recreate Landeskog. Um, you just have to deal. He was. He was too vital uh, to what you're doing offensively. Too much of a 
too much of a versatile guy that that can that can play so many roles for you. It's there's there's no replacing him. Like you you just you just move on. You know, you throw what Gabe Bork and in, in back into your lineup onto the fourth line, Andrew Ghetto, whoever whoever you decide is that that twelfth forward. He, he comes into your lineup and and you just you deal with it. You know, Broussard moves on up. You hope that you can get some production out of him, and um, you know you go from there, man. There's no, there's no replacing that. Just like there was no replacing EJ last year, where well, so they they got away with it down the stretch. But one, it should tell all of us that EJ has just been a touch overrated by all of us and the fan base as a whole for basically his entire time in Colorado, <laughs> and just just a touch. Like I'm not like again. I don't mean to sound like I'm coming down on anybody here, right? But I just I feel like we've we've probably overrated him just a little bit. Um, so I w- I was about to ask. We had this same conversation last year when EJ went down. Nah, that's probably it for the Az. Is there a way they overcome this like they did last year? Uh, are you asking me like bottom line? Do they make the postseason? Yes or no? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm saying, is there a way to overcome a player like losing a guy like Landy for your last 14 games the same way that you were able to overcome a guy like Johnson? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean they've got 12 games left, man. You can do anything in 12 games. We've seen we've seen that over and over in this league. Buffalo had a 10 game win streak this year. Yeah. So you know anything is absolutely possible, and when you're talking about a a, a a small period of the NHL season like that. So yeah, they could definitely do it. They could, they could rip off nine wins and act like Landy doesn't matter to them at all. <laughs> uh, obviously you're, you, you have to be realistic. It's very unlikely. Right. Absolutely. They're, they're going to miss him. There's no real way to make up for all the different things that he brings and not even, not even just like the, the leadership and the intangibles and all that, which, you know, people are going to have questions about anyway. Yeah. It's right. it's just the on ice guy, you know. He's he's just a solid hockey player. He's not an elite player. Uh, he's he's a very 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 good defensive winger with, uh, you know, legit offensive ability. Mm-hmm. But we saw, you know, we saw in the second half of the season he had already started to really come back to earth offensively you know like he had, uh, from, he had from a, from really a, started to slow it down from a production standpoint i agree um but i i really was man i was just really really impressed with him this year uh his presence on the ice to me is is what was so vastly elevated obviously uh you know you the, the the production bump is that's something tangible you can look at uh but but for me i saw just such an improvement in in his presence on the ice you know he he had more games you know what, what's always been the knock against landy oh he disappears he disappears in the bit you know when it matters and it is you know he doesn't come out this and that i thought he did all of that this year um and that was part of the reason why i was so bummed to see his season and the way that it did um, and to me, that is repeatable. I agree with you on the production. I agree that he definitely looked like he started to slip there near the end. Um, but I, I thought his presence and his, his leadership and all that stuff was, um, that to me was what took such a huge jump. 
Yeah, I mean, he was he was making an impact, you know, and just out of curiosity, I did look it up. Um, Pre-All-Star game, 54 points in 50 games. Post-All-Star game, 15 points in 18 games. Big difference was he shot 17% uh, pre, 6% post. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, sometimes it's that simple, man. Right. Well, there you go. So let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I might just ask you point blank if uh, you think they'll make the playoffs. I might not. We're going to give a nice raw or a nice standings update throughout the league as we've been trying to do here over the last few weeks, just to keep you guys updated on where the Avs sit in the Western Conference playoff race. And more importantly, where the Ottawa Senators sit for draft lottery odds. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley hanging out, talking. Right now we're talking hockey, NHL, all of it. 12 games to go for most teams after tonight. Some, maybe even a couple or, you know, one or two fewer. And there's a couple races that we have been keeping a close, close eye on. AJ, I'm going to start obviously with the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, the abs are currently, what is that, 10th in the West, and they set two points out of a wild card spot. Sounds a lot better than it really is. Right. Uh, they're, they're two points back of the Minnesota Wild. AJ, why does that sound better than it really is? Uh, well, because uh, they've got 70 games played already. Uh, Arizona's playing their 70th game right now as we're recording this, and they're currently winning one nothing over St. Louis. Uh, so you know we don't we don't know how the, <clears throat> that game finishes, but point is is that they don't have any games in hand on anybody. They don't have any kind of games played cushion that they can talk themselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're and they're back like they're they're two points back. If Arizona wins tonight, then they're three points uh, out of the spot because Arizona will pass Minnesota. And again, at 70 games played, you know, they're currently, uh, well, they were three points back of Dallas. Now they're five points back of Dallas. And right. Dallas has has a game in hand on the Avs. So it's really coming down to the final spot again. It's not, it's, it's Dallas starting to pull away a little bit. 
Well, so I, I put out a tweet, I think it was like two weeks ago now, saying, hey, look, you know, this is a four-horse race. And I ran out of characters, but I was going to say one of these teams will probably separate themselves and fall off uh, by, by about the 72-game mark. Now, the Abs are two points back, but you look at those three other teams in a race with Dallas, 7-3-0 in their last 10, Minnesota, 6-2-2 in their last 10, Arizona, 8-2-0 in their last 10, Colorado, 5-4-1. Well, and, and just, as, just as relevant, right behind them, Chicago's a 6-4, Edmonton, 7-2-1, and, and they're both three back of Colorado. Mm-hmm. So... Colorado's lost ground on the teams in front of them and the teams behind them, immediately right. behind them. And that's, I mean, that's like, hey, we, we talked in the first segment, look, the Avs didn't play that, that poor of a game against Carolina, but everybody around them lost. Right. And they blew an opportunity to, to get two points they absolutely needed to have. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And it's, they're off for three days. Like, they're they're off uh, today, Wednesday, and Thursday... Uh, the next time that they will play, uh, Minnesota and Dallas play each other on <sighs> Thursday night. So there's no good result there. Like there's no like, oh, this is fine. At this point, if you're if Colorado's realistic about making the playoffs, you have to say, well, you're rooting for Dallas. Right. Because Minnesota and Arizona are the teams you want to stay in contact with. You know, Dallas is already starting to separate. Mm-hmm. Even though Colorado has a game against Dallas, that's just the one game. You know, right. they're 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 gonna they're in need of multiple games here. There's not in Arizona, you know, Arizona in they they do not have a, a tough road ahead of them. You know, if they're gonna continue this, and they the abs the, the one encouraging thing is the abs play all these teams. They play yeah. Arizona, Minnesota, and Dallas once each. The rest of this year. I mean, how they even play St. Louis. So, you know, like it's they they've got all the opportunity. The same thing that we've been talking about. The Avs, it, it's all in their hands, man. The Avs have all this in front of them. They've got a soft schedule, you know, with <laughs> oh Anaheim and New Jersey this weekend, right. Like, if you lose either one of those games, realistically, you have to basically just say this is done. Like, they're already, and it's funny because they're only two points out. But because of of what the schedule is, um, the Avs have to stay neck and neck with these teams going into their head-to-head matchups. They can't be using the head-to-head matchups to pull them within a couple of points. They've got to stay even with these teams going into those head-to-head matchups and then use those head-to-heads to move ahead of them or I guess at the worst pull even. You can't be you can't be using those games to just catch up. You, you know, know the- oh hey, well we went into it down 4 points and now we're only down 2 points. Yeah, right. sure, but you only got 4 games left. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's to the point now where they've got to they've got to beat the game uh, the teams that are bad. You know, you have to beat Anaheim on Friday. You have to beat New Jersey. Then you have the huge week next week. They go to Minnesota, to Dallas, and then they've got the uh, the back-to-back against Chicago. You have to win both of those games. And then they have kind of a weird murderer's row at the end, at the very end. You know, they've got Vegas. They've got Arizona. They've got St. Louis. 
Uh, Edmonton, that's a must win, obviously. And then the last couple games of the season, you have Winnipeg at home and then at San Jose. Mm -hmm. So you really, you absolutely have to win Anaheim, New Jersey, the two Chicago games, and Edmonton. Uh, What's probably the Avs record to get in uh, for the last 12? 10 and Uh, 2? I think uh, 9 wins. So there you go. Uh, Because that puts them 18 points. So that gets you to 90. That gets you to 90. And honestly, given how this year has gone, if if 90, if you get to 90 and you don't make it, uh, better luck next year. <laughs> yeah, I would, say, I would say 92 is the goal, honestly. I would say they need 20 more points. So 10 wins. 20 out of their 24 points in the down the stretch, yeah. Um. The most frustrating part, I think, is if you look literally in the bottom half of the league. So starting at, at 17th, all the way down to 31st, there is one team with a positive goal differential, and it's the Avs. That makes it sting yeah. just a little bit more. Uh, AJ, well, and, and, I mean, uh, Dallas is plus two. Montreal's plus one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Columbus is, is the same as Colorado at just plus five. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, that goal differential, and, it's, and that's with atrocious goaltending for two straight months. Right. It really just drives home what a missed opportunity this whole season has been. Sucks. The I, I made a comment on one of the last shows we did together where I said, what Ottawa does is more important than what Colorado does. And I had someone reach out and say, I didn't like that because I, I don't remember what they said. Totally valid. What I should have said is, I, I actually, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I stand the way the way that I would say it the way the way that I would look at it is, um, this team's long term success right like whether or not they make the first round of the postseason this year and and lose in the first round like we've said it a thousand times recently it's not meaningless right but it's not game changing it's not franchise changing. If no. Ottawa finishes in last place and they get Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, that's potentially franchise changing. Mm-hmm. If you get the fourth pick again, maybe it's franchise changing. Like there's a chance. It's not like the fourth pick is some scrubbo. Right. It's not like all of a sudden, like the top 10 this year is jacked with talent. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're getting some baddie at four, but it's just that the top two, what does it say about a really good top 10 that still is defined by its top two? Right. Like those top two guys are just that much better than everybody else. And both of them are in the NHL next year. Both of them are going to be potentially game game breaking players. You just <laughs> Right. It, it's, it's, it's that's what it is. Is it's like, look, like it would be it would be like the difference in the long run, it would be like what the difference is gonna be between Svechnikov and Brady Kachuk, who right. was two or two and four last year. Like Brady Kachuk's going to be a really good NHL player for a long time. But I think Svechnikov has a chance to be a dominant NHL player for a long time. You know, both teams are going to be happy with the guys that they got, but there's a difference there. Right. Well, and I, I, I think the other thing to keep in mind, again, when we say that, you you usually are faced with, with two schools of thought. One, make the playoffs. Two, tank out to try to get a higher pick. This is a situation where you still have the guys going down the stretch, trying to, you know, learning what that feels like. Last year, they got to go down the stretch and they got to make it. 
maybe going down the stretch this year and losing out in those last few days. Maybe that teaches a separate lesson that you can carry forward and you get all that good experience, all that competitive. The games mean something here on March 12th. And you've got a great shot at, at getting uh, you know, one of those picks. And that's why I say maybe what Ottawa is doing is more important than what Colorado is doing for the long-term success of, of the Avs. And AJ, since we last had the talk about this, uh, Ottawa has picked up zero wins and one point. It's currently sits six points back of the next closest team. Yep, Detroit and LA. Detroit and LA, New Jersey. Uh, so Ottawa sits in 31st with 52 points. Detroit and LA have 58. New Jersey with 59 uh, I don't see any way in the last 12 games Ottawa collects 11 points. I think Anaheim's already uh, yeah. gone. It's a four-horse race at this point, and it's barely that. And, I mean, Ottawa has 70 games played, and the rest of those teams don't. Right. So, uh, although Detroit's in the process of losing their 70th game right now. Great. 70th game of the season. Right. Not right. the 70th loss of the season. <laughs> that would have been glorious. Um, no, I, Ottawa, Ottawa's very, very close to having this thing just about wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally they don't get any points, you know, for the last 12 games and they just stop at 52. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, probably not going to happen. They'll probably steal a couple of points here or there. Um, they're playing more competitive under Crawford, which is the new coach bump you and I were so worried about. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's getting them to like one goal games. Well, and, like last and, night, Philadelphia was destroying them. And I was watching this game at Pepsi center on my laptop <laughs> and they got a late goal uh, to make it three to two. And like, it was a tense co- final couple of minutes there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I would be more concerned about the new coach bump if they hadn't sold off their entire team. I think you're right. I think they are getting that new coach bump, and now they just purely aren't good enough to win. Yeah, and it helps It helps them that they're playing free and loose and with just a bunch of kids that are just out there having fun and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, that helps them. Yeah. That they don't have, you know, like the, the unhappy – veterans sulking around like why am i part of this mm-hmm. you know like the yeah. closest thing would probably be bobby ryan and he better strap in because he's not going anywhere <laughs> but um oh and new jersey's winning after first the first period there you go that would help there you go yeah i'm really it's really la and detroit like i don't know which team scares me more out of those two i they're both so terrible well, man you've got to assume that in the same way that Ottawa, you can probably count on them grabbing a couple wins. Safe to say the same for the other two. Yeah, but three, like six points. Six points is uh, with twelve games to go. You know, twelve games is still enough where you can you can go on a, a random four game win streak. Right. And the next thing you know, they're in twenty ninth place, and you're just like, dude. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like all of a sudden there's a possibility the abs are looking at the Ottawa pick and it's now sixth overall. Yeah. And you're just like, Gah! so like that would suck. So that's that's why I'm sitting here obsessing over this every day. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important. It 
if if the Avs are in the top two, woo! Yeah, like finishing thirty first is. It's not even about maximizing the odds for the top two. It's about minimizing the drop from right. the lottery. You can only go to four. And that's that would be huge for them. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, I had someone, and I apologize because I'm sure you're listening, and I don't remember who it was. I'm too lazy to go look. Someone DM'd me, and they it was a link to, I guess, a Sportsnet report that the internal conversations uh, in Ottawa right now are, Get the pick to fifth. Get the pick to fifth. <laughs> Save a little bit of face. Again, I don't know if that means much to anybody, but that is what the report said. Anything else to add, AJ? Uh, keep rooting against Ottawa. Yeah, I, I know I know it's hard. I told my mom last night, and she winced. Uh, you are all Detroit Red Wings fans for the last 10 days here. <laughs> Uh, uh like days. Red Wings, Red Wings and, and Kings fans. I tell you what, if it gets, if at some point it gets to 10 points, I'll chill out. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you what, here, here's, here's the motto. I want to see this trending in Denver later. Wings and Kings. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm actually going to tweet it right now. No one's going to know what it means, but you'll get it, AJ. I will. Wings and Kings. There it is. It's out. Tweets out. Go find it, retweet it, get it trending. Everyone, everyone that's listening. Uh, I don't think we have anything else, right? Uh, we're all set. Draft show tomorrow. Draft show tomorrow. Look forward to that. I'm uh, looking forward to that. And uh, that's just about it. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. And you know what? We'll say this is for Adrian Dater, too. When he did his show last week, uh, which I thought was actually a really cool show, uh, a, a little bit more of an in-depth look in the locker room. When he was signing off, he said for AJ Hayfley and Jesse Montagna. So we're going to show AD some love. All the love for AD. All the love for Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley. I'm Jesse Montagna. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening.